Coming up in this Italancy special of the Super Pesis Roundup podcast, we take a look at all the news and developments, including the selections for the East and West teams, before we have an interview with our second special guest of the season, Jesse Makinen, the pitching plate umpire who has been selected for this year's game. That's all coming up on this episode of the Super Pesis Roundup podcast. Welcome to episode 18 of the uh, Super Pesis Roundup podcast. I'm your host, Ian Alba, and joining me is my friend who's usually across the pond, but he's not at the moment. And so for the first time ever, we have two hosts, in not only in the same continent or the same country, but in the same room. So welcoming first my co-host, Ron Bronson. Ron, how are you doing? Doing great. It's good to be in Finland, talking about Pesapalo. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, my other co-host, our resident coach and guru on all things Pesapalo, amongst other things as well, of course, is Mikko Pirhoman. Mikko, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Just, uh, it's great to have this like meeting and uh, to do it like this. And, uh, and yeah. It's a sign of things moving forward and better better things that are coming. So it's I'm just so 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 glad that we have this opportunity at this time. Well, fingers crossed, I'll be able to come over at some point in the in the near future. Um, I was mentioning just before the show, I'm intensely jealous because I really wish I I was there right now, but. Um, We'll uh, we'll move on with the show. Um, obviously, the last time we didn't get round to doing much of the the news, um, so we we couldn't actually record that section. A lot of things have have happened. Um, this show actually um, is a bit of an Italansi special because we're now in uh, the week leading up to the All Star Game itself, and we have our special guest later on in the show, uh, Jesse Makinen, uh, who is one of the uh, umpires, the pitching played umpire for uh, the Italansi uh, men's game. We had introduced uh, the other week the um, the rosters, the picks for the East and West. And obviously since then we've heard some sad news about Mikko Kanala, um, who's taking a break from the sport at the moment for personal reasons. Um, I certainly wish him all the best um, and you know, send him my thoughts and, and strength and so on um guys i i know you feel the same yes yeah exactly there's pretty much nothing to add to that and i also said in the in our finished broadcast that uh, i just hope that everybody gives him the time and uh, the support that is needed and when he comes back hopefully soon to to play basapalo that also the uh, people 
uh, when 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 he goes to play away games, for example, the the people like uh, are show their human side and uh, supporting. Yeah, well, I I saw um, the announcement from Vimpoli the other week, and uh, uh, Sotkamo, uh, you know, gave a very positive message uh, in response to that. So that that's nice to see. You don't always get that in other rivalries and other sports. I know, Ron, we've talked about it previously. Um, it's no Celtic and Rangers, Red Sox and... No, it's just not. It's really different, and I do like that about it. I have to remind myself to tamp it down because it's not what I'm used to, you know, <laughs> where you hate the other team intensely. It's not like that, and I think it's great. Um, but in terms of the uh, selections, um, I was looking at um, who's been selected for which side, and, Mika, one of the points you raised previously was almost like, well... Should players be playing as if it's a state of origin? You know, where they're from, east or west, where their breeder clubs are, um, as opposed to the clubs they're playing for now. And again, we'd mentioned in one of the earlier shows that the the split of teams east and west, as arbitrary as it often is, we have nine teams on the east and and only six on the west. What do you think of the uh, lineups and the uh, split, Miko? Well, I think the lineups are pretty much spot on. I mean, I I was really surprised in a positive way in both men's and women's picks because uh, I didn't see any big misses, for example. And I I think that the only name that is normally uh, like a regular name on the list is obviously Probekorhonen, but from my understanding, he declined this year from playing like the, and uh, obviously Lauri Ronka has has had a huge season so it was it was good but as for the split um, it's a uh, I have raised the like the topic uh, to be discussed within the sport once again be, because this is uh, I don't think you can go wrong either way because this is not a national team game. But I, I think that it would be a fun idea to treat it as one because people are moving around more these days. Like, like the it follows the general demographic that people move inside the country and to the cities and stuff like that. So it would be fun for me to see that it would be treated like a, like a combination of an all-star game and a national team game. Because, for example, if you take men's uh, East team, the picks that Tony Cohonen made, the 13 players that are picked in the East team, uh, out of those 13, nine are actually the breeding, breeder club is on the West side. So it's like players like Henry Puputin now plays for the East. So it's like it's a it's a good situation. It's a funny situation. And when I made a poll about it on Twitter, I think the ninety percent of people were like uh, saying that they 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 should play just like like we have been playing it. So it's a so there's no need to change it. Well, I I did wonder if they'd have made the split a little bit more equal. Um, for example, if they'd have put Mansa in the West rather than in the East, um, what the lineups would have looked like there. Because, of course, you know, Mansa very easily could have been uh, put in the West camp 
uh, that purpose. Um, one name that uh, I I would have liked to have seen um, put on the East lineup if there had been a different split um, would have been Juho Toibola of uh, IPV. I think he's had a really good season thus far. You know, th- there's there's not much representation from teams like IPV, Kite, um, in this uh, East lineup. It's mainly the big four. Ron, what did you make of the uh, the lineups? Um, I don't have anything major to add. I think the only thing I'd say is there's one thing that since we're talking about like making, you know, how you'd improve it or whatever, one thing, one improvement I'd make, I think that it's probably radical to think we're trying to change it and saying, oh, we should have like players from where they come. Like it's radical. I get why nobody supported yeah. that, although I think it's cool. Like we also think they should play in the Olympic Stadium, yeah. but you know, <laughs> yeah. I get that we're outvoted. I think one thing they could take from baseball that would actually be really cool is in Major League Baseball, in the All-Star game, every team has to have one player represented in the All-Star game. That's just the rules. That's what they do. It always sometimes ends up being some guy that's a middle reliever. You've seen this. You know, <laughs> some guy from some team they're bad and some reliever. But, you know, the fans want to see their teams. They want to see a guy represented. I think we should do the same thing in, um, for the men's win side and a super paces. I think that surely every team's got one player that we can reward for having a good season. And, and, and so that's one change I, I would make um, that I think would be nice for these, especially for these smaller teams, some of the younger players, maybe they're having a really good season or older players you want to reward because it's the end of their career and they've played a long time and now they're on some, some bottom feeder. So I, that's what I would suggest. Otherwise, I didn't have anything anything I really missed on player-wise. Well, actually, I, I would add to that that... Uh... About 20 years ago, they tried this, they experimented this thing in, in the East-West games that they did have this rule of, like, each club needed to have one player represented in there. And on top of that, uh, the winning side, the teams of the winning side actually got one point to this table. Oh, wow, table. they did do like, that. Like, okay. they, they give wow, I didn't know this. Wow. each team to that side they they gave one point to each so it's but that that faded away pretty fast <laughs> it made no it's sense so. no it's not great so it's not good wow. but, yeah but they tried that well obviously in uh, the baseball star game you see a lot of rotation of players you know so like you'll have several usual starting pitchers just pitch for an inning or so um, in the All-Star game. Um, so you do see a lot of turnover of players in the field, and it is a bit of a spectacle, obviously, in America. Um, I, I'm not so sure how well that would translate um, into Pespalon, but uh, <laughs> but maybe if there was um, you know an, an extra one or two jokers on top, you could probably slot in an extra player here or there uh, make it a bit, little bit more interesting uh, in that regard, but I, I, I think um, there really isn't the appetite for that kind of change. Um, heck, they're, they're not even um, there's not even that appetite to move the game to the Olympic Stadium, for example. So there we are. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of shows that. Just the other day, I was talking with a friend of mine, uh, like uh, who's also working within sports and within different sports and we had a long discussion about the roots of Pesis and the like the the huge history that we have that we and what we will 
like uh, how should I say we will promote it more obviously next year when the game turns a hundred years but it also shows in these kind of scenarios that uh, the changes that we try they are actually they are so small that they are not changes at all in my my view I mean so we're as a sport we uh, we're such a small circle that will eventually fade away if we don't do something different and fast I, that's my opinion about right. it but I mean totally. we're uh, as a sport we're going up upwards right now we mm-hmm. we're trending upwards and we're, we're going uh, we're going places and now is the opportunity and now this mentality of like shooting things down when when they have new ideas and smart things are coming and so so it's like i don't that's that's something that uh, i don't i don't like it I don't you know like one it. thing we can add this is this is total fan service and but it's true for you here is one thing that i think baseball but also pesapalo can get from cricket is the innovation piece what what saved cricket 2020 right like I mean, it changed, the transformed the game. This little sleepy thing, and of course, India obviously made, yeah. made you know, IPL made made twenty twenty big. If you were listening to this and you don't know what we're talking about, just Google twenty twenty cricket, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. But you know, baseball obviously is America. Baseball's fan base is the oldest fan base outside of golf. Yeah, you know, the oldest fan base in team sports. I've obviously been to Pace Apollo games, and I'll tell you if you're listening to this, the fan base is old people. Yeah. And kids, like yeah. it's not yeah. in between, right? Yeah. It's like we're the outliers, and you played it. You played it your whole life, yeah. and yeah. me and Ian are outliers, right? Like so, there really needs to be something to do to get people not only aware of the game, but but invested in the game, and we and they do need to figure it out quick because it's going to be the same. It's gonna it's gonna fade away, yeah. right? It's not a big city sport, so it's worse in some ways than say baseball, which is printing money right now, yeah. or cricket, which is you know played in you know dozens of countries around the world, yeah. Well, T uh, Twenty, uh, Ron, as you say, it's, it's been quite uh, an innovation that's really sparked a lot of interest. Um, the even equality, for example, in in Australia, the Women's Big Bash League, the, which is a T Twenty tournament, um, draws in massive crowds. So it's it's absolutely fantastic. And um, for, you know, for example, as well, Cricket Finland, they they've grown with the T Twenty. Obviously, they do. Um, longer matches as well, but that that's really something that helps drive uh, their fan base as well. Uh, one of the things that uh, I always think about with Pespalo is that in a system that's closed off, things will tend to stagnate or, or will tend towards the simple. But now we're seeing an emergence in the market in places like um, Bangladesh, India, Nepal, uh, other countries as well, and of course Switzerland at the last World Cup doing very well as well. If we can nurture those cultures for the sport, there are many ideas that they can help bring to the table. And if people are willing to listen, then it can help develop the sport in in new and different ways as well. Yeah, it's it's like. <sighs> The thing we need to make sure of is that we we have a lot of different kinds of paths and opportunities, and this like uh, bringing the game abroad and letting them uh, create their own version of the game is one path. One that we just discussed uh, 
before we started recording and one that I raised up uh, earlier on Twitter and uh, or actually I didn't raise it but the one of the legends of the game Kari Hakkaran and brought it up once again that watching the softball in the Olympics it's one of my favorite topics that why don't we put in a three four year project and bring in just bringing the players give them the opportunity a training center a, a pro coach from abroad and actually give it a shot to get a team to the summer olympics for for finland because for, for as for these olympics for example finland does not have a single team in in the whole olympics whereas other scandinavian countries they they have like in minor sports like handball or something right. like that but they they win gold medals and stuff like that right. they are they're world champions right. and we have these games we already have these players right and when we raise this question just the the defense mechanisms they mm-hmm. they automatically launch or launch on and everybody just comes up with the why not why we cannot do these things so it's like that that's one other example there we need those kind of things we need baseball we need softball we need cricket we need this coordination and after that we can see what the next generation chooses to do mm. so because if we are the ones who just tell uh, them how the path is going to go it's like that's the that's the safest way to ensure that we will stagnate moving from that uh, topic to something slightly more um exciting perhaps um some of the, some of the more recent games and obviously the the blockbuster on friday was mansa versus south carmel and um i think all three of us were watching parts if not all of that game and yeah it for me it had the the atmosphere of a final it it really did and i, I it, it was quite electric this this bit of back and forth obviously mansa uh, won in the end but you know sotkamo denied them the third point as it were they denied them the full uh, sweep and the three points um mika what did you make of the game i agree that i think that all top four teams this season they're they're games against each other like games uh when Wimpeli played so uh Wimpeli played uh yeah they played Sotkamo and they also played Monset yeah. and those those were amazing games too like great promotion for the for for the whole sport and uh also the up upcoming uh game in Sotkamo it's also gonna be. I, I I I can assure that it will be a great game, and all of those games they have this different atmosphere, and especially now that we have this like fifteen teams, and they there's a lot of tired players and teams and stuff like that. Those those games like they they stand out, and if, even like okay we, I have seen a couple of decent games or good games in Joens where Yoma was able to challenge like Sotkamo or Manse or even win them but even though but I think that four teams stand out and I'm just looking right now I'm just looking for their games against each other well 
you just mentioned the Sotokamo game coming up. Um, Ron, I believe you're you're hoping to attend that game. Is that right? It's you know, um, if I don't make it, it's because the drive is treacherous. But uh, but it, the plan is for me to to go to that game. Yeah, so I'll be watching it live or I'll be watching it on television and not driving six hours. Either way, I'll be there in spirit. <laughs> because obviously these um, when the top four of Matt this year, looking at the individual games, I don't think Sotokamo's really come out on top on those. They played well, but they, they haven't necessarily won them, whereas Vimpoli have, Mansa have, KPL obviously um, beat Mansa at, at home earlier on in the season as well. But um, it doesn't really matter in the regular season, as we've seen time and time again. And in fact, sometimes if you've lost to a team in the regular season, that gives you some ideas of how to fix things for the uh, for the postseason. Dare I even say at the finals? Um, but it's it, it's interesting to see how those things are starting to shape out at the top. And Miko, as you say, it is very much a top four at the moment. We talked um, earlier on in the season of maybe a top five or a top six. And of course, now we've had the table all shaken up with the positive COVID cases, which. Um, First, obviously, we saw with IPV, and now we've seen with uh, Harmina as well, so that we've moved away from a simple points-based system to a points-per-game, which adds a whole new angle on all of this. Because, and I was I was just thinking about this the other day, um, Harmina are losing the opportunity at the moment to try and dig themselves out of last place. You know, they've, they've turned over their game manager... Uh, trying to do new things, and all of a sudden this derails them. It's not a, it's not a gift or a break for them that they possibly won't be losing games. It's a loss of opportunity. I think the quality. I think we've talked about this on the show a bunch, and I've seen on Twitter a ton. The levels, especially the women's game, my gosh, but the men's game too. The levels of quality between the top four, even the top six, top eight teams versus the teams at the bottom is so significant. We're not doing those teams any favors by letting them get beaten. Lapo played the other day, beat somebody at 20, they 26 to 10 or something, 26 to 3 or something crazy. It's a score, they scored, I know they scored like 27 runs over two, over, over, over eight innings. Like, you're not doing anybody any favors. Once in a while that happens, eh, all right. But like, if it's a whole season of that, and these teams are just constantly getting beaten, it's just not, and they're not playing the teams that are bad as well. Like, I don't think that's doing them any favors. So while it stinks, you know, for if you're a fan and you're frustrated, on some level you kind of want them to be able to reset, especially this season was weird with COVID anyway. Reset, figure out who your team actually is next season, Ukopesis, and maybe you come back up, but then you come back up with a team that's like young and resilient or hungry or, you know, you've, you've got a vet, some veterans with some young guys or figure out who your, what your identity is, but you can't do that. If you're getting you're getting beat, we've both coached different kinds of sports, yeah. but like your kids are getting beat all the time. You can't ever you're not gonna be able to get any real you can speak to this, but you're not gonna be able to get any momentum. And it's just hard to coach that, right? It is, it is. And uh yeah, I I mean nothing that I've seen during the season in either men's or women's or better positions has changed my view that the uh, uh that the correct amount of teams for me would be 12 in the men's super purposes and 10 in women's super purposes and uh, as for the 
Hamina case. I I actually disagree. I I think that it's a it's a gift for them because they they had no chance of getting out of the bottom two. They had absolutely no chance. Nothing in their game showed any signs of improvement. Their key players have been under heavy heavy stress and they have minor injuries. Uh, they have like players like Sasutoika coming back from like a second second. Achilles tendon uh, surgery and now they get a two-week break from the games and the new new game manager gets to like get get his ideas through better and when they come back they play just a handful of games and then they start the most important phase of the season meanwhile the two other teams that are trying to avoid the second second last spot, uh, Kankampa and Sipe, they are fighting for every single game and every single period and every single situation and consuming energy. So I think that this is actually a break for Hamina. If it uh, obviously, if it doesn't like the health reasons don't get on the way that if it starts to spread then obviously it's, it's a different case yeah well you you talked about um the the bottom two or the the, the other teams trying to avoid the bottom two uh Cipe had a a close run with, with kpl in the end it was a very low scoring affair and one wondered whether cp were even on the verge of beating KPL twice in the season, um, as unlikely as that may have sounded. But also with uh, Kankampang Myler, we've seen uh, Yoni Tavalo come back out of retirement um, and uh, join the team. Obviously, a lot of experience um, in the bank with him. Uh, do you think he's going to make much of a, an impression, much of a difference for that team trying as as we say to avoid that bottom two spots he is he is it's as simple as that because he's not just one of the nicest people that i've met inside the sport and a true gentleman and a really nice guy but he's also like a, a all-star level player he he stays fit and he has he's one of the best leaders that I've seen in the sport inside the locker room and he leads by example and he's now is like he was the team captain he was the face of the organization and now that he comes back to this young team what it means to them when when they when they go towards like like I talked with the game manager of Kankampa before the season and he said that yeah yeah we know we are re- realistic about it that our most important games will be played in like August or even September. And now he comes back, he plays a couple, let's say four, five, six games to get his like uh, body back to this uh, rhythm and so on. But uh, but like what he brings to the locker room, it's like you cannot overestimate that. Well, we were talking in very similar terms to um, Koskan Korva when um, Jared Alström 
uh, signed for them earlier this year. And again, we were talking about that that fairly young side in Gosco uh, and Cordova and how much of a difference uh, his experience, of course he has plenty, um, and his his talent would bring to that side. Um, Ron, we've seen some improvements, certainly, from Costco and Cordova this year. In fact, they um, they flirted with the top eight at various points in the, in the season. Um, do you think that uh, Kankampa and Myla can escape the bottom two? Yeah, they're fun. I find the strong. I'd say, I'd say that I've been impressed by like they've they've been a tough out. I'd say like you watch games and like whatever who they're playing, they're not a team that like. I don't recall who it was. A few weeks ago, they played a game where they got just completely battered in the first half. They come back in the second half, and they keep playing. Like, you know, so those are the things you want to see from teams like that. Um, especially from younger players, you want to see that, where you're like, all right, it's, we got hit the punch in the face. All right, we're going to come back, and we're going to continue to play. We're going to play hard. The format is set up this way on purpose. You know, we're not going to be discouraged that we didn't do what we needed to do. And then the managers make the adjustments they need to make. And I've seen that from like a lot of those bottom teams, actually, not the deep bottom, but some of those teams, I you know, the other day, we, we teased you about it online, but like, you know, Vimpley loses, you know, a game to it was a Kipa or who they're playing. Um, and and, and uh, this stuff happens because if the teams, you know, the, the good teams, the better teams at the top, you know, they kind of let their guard down a little bit. Yeah. One run's not going to not gonna win you a game, you know, in the ninth inning when you, you scored, what, 12 or 13 runs in the first half. Now you're going to come back and not score. You've got to figure these things out. Anyway, answer your question. I think they've got, I think if they can continue to, the thing, these teams at the bottom, I watched a couple of these games, like I said, over the season. The bottom team's the thing that separates them from those teams that are like seven, eight, nine, ten, is that they can't close out. Yes. They can't yeah. get points. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't play games where it's, it is cool in June to be like, oh, we got, we, we should have got two points there. We yeah. didn't get them. Oh, we got a point. You gotta turn those twos and the threes and those ones and the twos. And yeah. they can figure out how to do that. Get a couple of those. Especially this season, where three points can really get you from one spot, you know, average you out. Yeah. If you can do that, that's gonna separate it. So the next two weeks will tell us to answer this question for us. Not a month. We need two weeks to figure this out, and I think we'll have a better answer. Yeah, I think that uh, Kankapa is a prime example of like the and like Ronnie said it perfectly that the inability to close the games uh, they like teams like Kite, Kankapa they they just shoot themselves in the foot all the time they like in, in tennis terms they make unforced errors so like tons, all, 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 the all the time mm-hmm. like it's like uh, it's it's one of the one of the sayings that I absolutely love in like uh, I, I I see I hear it a lot in like English football and banter that the team manages to grab like the defeat from the jaws of victory yep. and that's like that that is what Kankampa does a lot that they are it is on the plate for them but it's like then they just do something stupid and they lose and that's why players like Itavala bring that stability to the table. Well, we've just mentioned uh, Kite there um, not being able to close out and, and they really are struggling at the moment and they're, they're quite adrift of that top eight, um, which is, is quite a shock considering where we thought they may be coming into this season. But again, a lot of injury difficulties there add to those problems. 
Um, one of the more surprising things, perhaps, is um, Yoensu at the moment seem to be struggling. Um, they really aren't able to keep pace with the other top four uh, teams. They either have or, or occasionally get overtaken by teams like IPV, uh, Patioki, you know, um, on the average points uh, system that we're now using. Um what, what do you think the problems are with Yoensu at the moment? I, I found it like the the thing that worries me about the team is that they're so lethargic. Like it's like they don't they don't give a damn. To be honest, I, I mean, then again, I see it in individual games that yeah they do, and uh, but I think that overall. This, and this is the thing that I've been discussing with a lot of people lately, that uh, one of the things, as stupid as it may sound, was that when Yoma was uh, making a rise to the top, they had a lot of players who were like good players, upcoming players, already all-star level players, but like as, as persons, they were like more like stable, uh, clever guys who take care of care of their own business uh, not so much like outgoing personalities or like colorful uh, people like Yusila and Bultimaki and stuff like that and when I take a look at the team right now they, okay they have like young and upcoming stars uh, over there and but the leading players there's a lot of like they care about the team but still the when when you look when you watch their games, it's more like that. It's a day at the office, so you don't get the impression that we're trying to actually like put in some passion into this thing. And they're tr- now now they're trying to pump it like aggressively, and it it doesn't just it doesn't come naturally. But that being said. Uh, two weeks is more than enough to give them the kind of thing. They're not that far. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have beaten, they have been able to beat those yeah. teams. Now they have had some some wins, and uh, if they stay healthy, once again, I, there's there's no team in the league that would want to face them yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, That's for parts. sure. Nobody wants to be parts of that team. Yeah, <laughs> but there's like yeah, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they, but it. That's the way it just looks. Yeah, they're nobody's first pick in the first round of the playoffs if they're not in the top four. They're the kind of team that's going to beat somebody in the first round. Like, you're going to get stuck with them in a, you know, a four or five game or something. Like, KPL is going to get stuck with Yoma and they're going to lose. Like, that's that, like that's the kind of thing. You're a Vimbley or somebody goes in there and chokes away three games because they, they're good at that. You know, like, they're not a team. They're just not a team you want to face. Yeah. So, everything we, everything, everything we said, but, but realizing that. September is going to show up and all the, everything gets thrown out. Everything we said doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. And it's almost as if it's uh, the inverse of, of one of the things I was mentioning about South Karma before, because when South Karma went to Karubi, um, Yo and Sue had so much energy, so much passion, and they, they put in the effort and they almost made it look easy, uh, that win. Um, they seemed to outplay South Carmel completely. So we know they have that ability. We know they have that in them. And it'll be interesting to see how the coming weeks um, unfold for them. 
Um, I think that'll just about wrap it up for this half of the uh, podcast. Um, but uh, stick with us and, and join us after the break, where we'll be uh, interviewing Jesse Makinen, uh, the pitching umpire for the Italanti game and indeed many games uh, in his career thus far. Okay, uh, so welcome back. Um, Joining us now in this half of the podcast is another one of our special guests, uh, Jesse Makinen, uh, who is one of the uh, pitching judges uh, who you'll see at this year's Italanzi game. Uh, He's been uh, honoured with that uh, appointment for this year, and we're glad to have him to talk about some of the fascinating points from perhaps one of the other sides of the game that people don't see very often. Um, Jesse, it's great to have you with us. Yeah, thank you. It's an honour to be here. Thanks. Now, I used to be uh, a cricket scorer <laughs> in my youth, and, and uh, people often talk about how uh, the scorers and umpires um, are a very important part of the game. And in fact, my dad's done some umpiring courses um, as well. But... Uh, Yes, they tell me, uh, what is the process to become an umpire or game official in Pesapala? Oh, uh, it's uh, practically it's uh, quite easy when uh, when you start your your path. If you want to be, let's say, junior uh, in junior games umpiring only, you just uh, uh, let's say call to your uh, local club and they have uh, their own uh, designated person who, who, who runs the courses and it starts there. It's probably one or two afternoons uh, and small test maybe there and uh, then they assign you a few games and uh, if you feel uh, comfortable with that then you get more games during the summer. So the lo- lo- let's say starting it's uh, fairly easy. Well I saw on the Pespololito Twitter page um, a few months back, there was um, uh, an umpiring quiz, you know, how well do you know the rules sort of thing. Uh, and I know Mikko and I have, have talked a lot about how complicated some of the rules can be. Um, do, do you think that there are some complicated rules in the game? <laughs> there are, definitely there are. Yeah, but uh, basically what uh, what I always always think that it's a, it's a kind of a pity also when uh, the public discussion begins. It's, it's always the minority situations. They are they are quite rare, and people people start to get afraid to join the umpiring family. <laughs> so, so I always smile a little that uh, okay, this situation which goes along in Facebook. Uh, I saw that last time ten years ago. So it's not even every year. It's it's like that. So we we need to remember remember that when we. Uh, read different kind of situation from Facebook or Twitter. But uh, the, let's say the basic rules, they uh, I think they are uh, logic. They, in in uh, Pesa Palo, they, they are. You, you can really fo- follow the game quite easily. And uh, uh, But when, when you go um, higher level, uh, there's, uh, let's say, you don't get excused that easily anymore. Because the coaches, of course, they they uh, prepare the players better, and speed is it's a uh, it gets uh, 
let's say from sea level from men's uh, men's women's area it, it's it's totally different than uh, the one step lower so uh then it gets slightly more co- complicated but uh, you'll get along if there's someone listening who, who wants to join you'll get along nobody's putting you into a final final game as your first game it's the baby steps yeah one thing that is for me that is important about what Jesse just said is that I think that the grassroots level umpiring thing is one of the most important things in in Pesapallo education in general. Because, uh, for example, as a junior coach and as a junior player myself, I I took these junior umpiring courses. And, for example, now they're having these like these national camps. Uh, at, at this very moment, for example, and young people are umpiring those games too. So it's like, uh, for me as a teenager, it was, it was very good. Um, how should I say it? It gave me more confidence as a player because I knew about, I knew t- not just the basic rules, but also some advanced le- level of rules too. So, uh as a coach i have always said and even made my juniors who were like 16 17 years of age take the test and like go through that one or two day uh like classes of uh about what kind of scenarios and situations will happen in the games and those are not just like made up things because just like yes I said every now and then there's something that happens uh once in a decade that the dog steals a ball or something like that My but, uh, <laughs> yeah 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 yes it, yes it was there when the dog actually stole the ball but but uh but yeah i mean knowing the rules it's like as as simple as it sounds in any game that is where you need to start from uh, as a as an umpire and as a player. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that uh, they often talk about in cricket, I don't know if it's the same in Pes Palo, is um, making sure there's a good pre-game routine for officials, um, making sure you understand the, the, the layout of the, the specific ground that you're going to, going over any special rules and so on and so forth. Um, do you have any pre-game routines or checks that you usually do, Jesse? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's actually several. Uh, I um, when we talked about uh, this before, I, I started to think that oh, oh, there's quite many. But it's kind of it goes like that when you do this thing for years. But uh, it starts uh, on our way when I when we drive to the field in in a in a car. Uh, there's some of the crew we we usually. Uh, do the super passes in uh, in four men uh, four person crews, and some of us starts to uh, uh, let's say take a look a little about social media if there's some kind of a, uh, uh, the latest uh, movement in the players is somebody injured is there some kind of surprises going on and and sometimes it's actually there are even one hour or two hours before the game somebody's injured and and then you get get to know it practically from social media. But uh, but yeah, it starts there. And uh, on the field, we are um, the rules are that we need to be in Super Pesis, uh field uh, 90 minutes before the game starts. And uh, 
Uh, there's actually <laughs> a kind of, a, don't get me wrong, but there's a quite strict timeline <laughs> what appeared that uh, uh, 75 minutes uh, before I start to uh, I check the field, I check the plate placed with the uh, with centimeters that, that it's, it's practically it's there. And uh, I also uh, brush the field a little. I, I uh, check the lines; they're okay. There's no surprises, uh, like so no damage on the field. And then um, 55, 55 minutes before uh, the game, we I had a brief with the bookkeeper, uh, and we uh, we make um, we settle a few uh, hand signs if I need any help. If I lo lose track on the who's the last hitter or something, I have a special hand signs on that. And uh, then uh, 45 minutes before uh, the game, we have a briefing with coaches and uh, game manager, if there's any. And then after that, I have a little uh, so-called uh, warm-up or eye calibration, as so one of the famous teachers said, that come here to calibrate your eyes. And uh, so I, I, I have a small chat with the pitchers uh, more, uh, and somebody, sometimes it's uh, also the uh, assistant coaches uh, come along and ask some kind of a uh, rule adjustments or, or, or something like that. It's, it's kind of a, an okay, a little warm-up and uh, nice to see you and so on. But uh, sometimes uh, I also take a few few moves there myself. Also, if there's new players and they have special hits, I ask them, to, could, "Can you can you hit it hit it for me or small bunts and so on?" Uh, kind of 15 minutes ish, what I use on that. And uh, one thing is very strict. I like to keep on that. 28 minutes before the game starts, I move into the locker room. 28 minutes. I don't know what this comes from, but it's always when the clock is like 32. Okay, now I'm gone. <laughs> and then the uniform on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now that you asked, it's a kind of a routine. <laughs> well, you know, um, the, the, there's a lot going on there. And it, it certainly sounds as though you, you really need all of those 90 minutes to do it in. Um, but other than all of that, and when a dog comes and steals the ball... What are the more uh, difficult parts of your job? Do you think? Yeah, uh, there's actually uh, two, one one minor thing and one one big thing. Actually, it's uh, the the small thing kind of. It's the the height of the pitch. Is it fair one meter or is it low or is it, is it high enough? That's the most difficult part in in in, uh, in the game. Uh, there's nothing you can. Uh, kind of align your your sight there's nothing in there only the clouds but damn they move <laughs> so you can you can't get any help from there but so it's uh, practically you are, you are on your training in there but the, yeah that's the small thing but the big thing is actually uh, 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 if I wrap it up a little uh, um, it's kind of a being understood uh, the the home plate umpire and the main umpire, they, they give lots of signals. They, they have a body language. They, they use their voice and, of course, the, the, the X or white, <laughs> the, the tablet. But uh, then again, it, it's very often I feel that did the audience understood what I meant? Did, did they really? And most, uh, if I'm right uh, with these years, when it's very silent, then I have the feeling that, no, they didn't get it. No. No, uh, so so that's kind of a 
let's say also a pesapalo problem also it's it's a bigger question also that okay maybe we 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 might need some kind of technical aid there and what i like to see that someday someday the main umpire has the same kind of system than the uh, american football in the nfl or or nhl the hockey refs they have small moment there when the main umpire explains the uh, shortly the situation what happened and then the game goes on i know it's an expensive system but there's so many cases that i just that oh i so much like to tell because this is when i tell it it's quite simple but now it's open question mark on the air but the game goes on so it's it's kind of a pity <laughs> yeah one thing that i have been thinking about a lot since like being a coach and a player in the game and seeing different kinds of umpires the the head umpires and the pitching umpires or the home plate umpire uh, how do we want to call it but uh, the pitching umpire is in the middle of everything you are in the middle of people and for me it's a big choice as an umpire to choose that role where you are actually you are forced to be active with people around you just like being a pitcher for example and i know for example that if i would have been an umpire i would want to be a pitching umpire but what made you want to be just that oh, that's a good good question i was looking forward to that and i i started to remember years back when i was uh, uh the assigner uh called me and and said i was a sea level umpire back then and a young young guy and uh, i i just i love the challenge i i really really love it i sometimes <laughs> of course nobody's perfect that uh, and the the first steps i took they were really difficult i had all oh, the first years in the highest league they were so difficult but uh, i always liked the challenge and uh and when when you get good game it's just the the feelings it's so good it's so like like uh, the game we had in Wimbledon Manse there was lots of runs there was a good weather lots of people and it was a difficult game it it, it really was i didn't i don't know how did it look like but it was a difficult game but when we entered the locker room we, after the game we were like yeah 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 no people people were uh we we felt that okay people were satisfied into our performance and that's what i'm i'm looking for from the game <laughs> good question then. thank you <laughs> well you just talked to, um, a little bit about the um the Manson Vimpley game um do you have any particular experiences that uh, really stick in your mind during your career Ah uh, yeah yeah uh, yes yes there are of course the first game in in the highest league I was in uh, in Nurmo Nurmo and uh, Imatra was was uh, the game then it was of course a very important day uh, the second game was actually very horrible and want to remember that but I, I somehow I do but uh, but then the the first final it was the women final in in Yuvaskula that was very very special very. Uh, I was very excited and also nervous. You can imagine first final and everybody are watching and so on. Uh, uh, it went okay, but then uh, let's say the 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 highest thing it, it was uh, uh, the so-called death match 
few, few years ago when there was uh, Kembele and Kankaanpa. Uh, it was a game taking again and the losing team drops away from the highest league. And uh, it was the whole the whole set, the driving there, having the game and driving back. I could tell you a week about that. It was it was not kind of a in, enjoyable moments. It it was practically we were working. Not it was not a hobby anymore. It was working, and uh, we were all all of us. We were very nervous, and uh, we only hoped that uh, okay when when the the final score comes, the the final run which which sets the game. It needs to be correct. I remember us praying that <laughs> uh, and. Uh, uh, we have uh, we used the microphones then then as we usually did with that crew, and I remember so well when I saw from the corner of my eye that okay now there's guy coming, uh, low hit, and then just slightest blink that some kind of hassle small hassle in the hands with the ball, and then the runner comes home. I show white, and then the head umpire raises his hands and says to the microphone, "That's a point. We have a game over." And that I was like, "Yeah, it was. It was very clear. It was so clear. I thank God. It was so clear." And and uh, then of course lots of things happened after that, and even red card was was uh, given. But I was so happy when I saw from the uh, there was also the the media was there, and I saw the. Uh, the play against in in the in the TVs there that okay yeah we got that correct he didn't steal from the third base and that was a correct call everything is fine uh, justice have happened that was the most important thing and uh, I remember after the game we were so serious we took the showers and everything everything was uh, like we were so relieved that oh, oh. <laughs> we, we, the the players get to uh, they, they did the uh, right things. They had the the keys in their hands, so we were just uh, participants. That was the most important thing. But that, that's as you can see, it, I, I really remember it very clearly. Horrible game. <laughs> well, they often say that um, if you notice the officials at all, it probably means they've not had the best of games. If if they're in the background and you just don't see them, uh, it, it's almost as if it, it's run absolutely perfectly. Um, but no, nothing is is worse than than that kind of fear and that pressure of uh, almost a technicality or, or that decision. And it 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 certainly seems that uh, that pressure was relieved in that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those kind of situations, uh, those kind of games, for example, they are not played every year. Not not nearly every year. I mean, uh, I. That that was a one-off that they played just one game that decided just like yes, I said that who will be relegated, and I I have played in such a game that was like it was a simple situation just like in that, so that the winner of the game stays in superpesis and the loser drops to gets relegated to superpesis and. At that point, we are not, we are playing for people's jobs in this, like, in this sport. So that's like, because that's the, that's the line between a professional organization and a semi-professional uh, hobby. So it's like, 
as a player, you don't want to be the one who drops the deciding ball. And as an umpire, you don't want to be the one. And I understand that somebody probably, yeah, they, they will, uh, the tempers will rise and uh, somebody will get a red card or something like that. But that's just because of those pressures. And it's the same in every sport. But uh, I just love the attitude that, Uh, the umpires also uh, have that same kind of a mindset and they they try to achieve the objective like uh, state of mind which is what umpiring for me is all about well you've traveled all across um finland yes so um, do you have any particular favorite grounds that you like to visit oh, I, i need to be very careful on this one <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah um There are a few, few. I like the uh, the atmosphere in uh, actually nearby the Pöytyä. They don't have Superpesis team now, but it's a very, very nice place to to visit once in a while. Also, uh, well, I like Joensu. Also, people are generally very happy, and even if you have uh, uh, some kind of hassle in the last game, you always feel welcome when you come again and, and so on. I, unfortunately, during this corona times, I haven't visited there for two years, so I'm, I'm kind of missing you as well already. Ready? But the people are very happy and, and, and so on. But also, I must say, uh, Wimperley Field, it, it's very nice. You have the water there. It's always kind of, a, even if it's a hot day, it's uh, the water surrounds you, it's, you feel fresh. And I like the uh, the culture they have in Wimpeli. When the game starts, the people give applause when the umpires uh, walk to their places. It gets you a kind of a nice feeling, and you you feel welcome. And uh, hopefully, they wish us the best also. But it, it's kind of a nice small ceremony there. You know, I I really like that. But, but yeah, those are kind of if I may, I'm 43. I may say they are the favorite fields. <laughs> Well, later um, on this year, in fact, uh, fast approaching now, um, you'll be uh, umpiring in the uh, equivalent of an all-star game, the Italansi game. Now, of course, last year um, we didn't have that game and we all sorely missed it. It's back. Uh, it's in Pori again um, this year. So uh, how does it feel uh, to be selected? Oh uh, yeah, I I uh, I, I was uh, quite overwhelmed when when I get the call. Uh, I, I was uh, when the when I phone rang, I uh, I noticed that okay, it's the uh, our boss's ring is calling, and I thought that oh what what is he calling now? I, we haven't done anything wrong, and so on. But <laughs> then when he 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 told me that, I was very very honored. Uh, I'd been there once before, four ten years ago, if I recall right, two thousand. 12 in Sotkamo and it was yeah yeah it was big big honor for me I, I'm very thrilled thrilled to be there and with with Antti Antti my friend and uh, second base uh, Timo who has been uh, in second base umpire for <laughs> longer than I have been <laughs> home plate umpire so we are we are all very very honored about that yeah and is there anything in particular you're you're really looking forward to about that game yeah there's a uh, Well, there's probably uh, there's going to be some nice hits. There are, are good good guys, good hitters there, and uh, the usually the Italian game is for players. It's uh, 
they are relaxed and uh, uh, of course they want to give their best performance but you can see the smiles and uh, coaches are more relaxed and so on so so there's some kind of a I think they'll put us a nice show. I, I think so. And I hope so also. I can't make any promise before, uh, on their behalf, but uh, that's what I feel. <laughs> yeah, I think that in Pesapalo, the honor to be selected to be an umpire in Italians is, uh, it's actually a very big honor because I, I, I know something about the system. I know some people who have been umpires in the game or have recently become umpires in the game, such as the Rautian and brothers and Heta and so on. So uh, for, for me, it's like, uh, uh, well, first of all, I I previously said to Yasef in a message that congratulations, because I know that it, it doesn't come without a merit. And, and you have established yourself a place within the game where you are respected as an uh, as an umpire and it doesn't like uh, it's not a given because uh, I can I can honestly say that looking the game watching the games for example this summer I, I'm not a I'm not an umpire specialist but just like in in the performances of the teams, you can see that the games come thick and fast and uh, like the variety of performances is is very big and i also need to say that i'm i'm a little disappointed with some of the umpires who have been inside the game for say six seven eight years and i don't see much development in their performances like over the years but there's a there's a group of umpires and luckily it's not a small group it's a growing group there are new people coming in and then there are people like yes it's like you said that you're you're just 43 for umpire i don't see that as in like it's just 43 for me but you've been in the game for a long time and and you're a you're a seasoned pro and uh i i'm really happy that you got selected and uh it's an uh for me i see it as a great honor for an umpire to be selected i agree thank you thank you uh, one of the other um things that, that got me thinking was whether you you're making any special preparations for the Italansi game or or are you just treating it like any other game <laughs> yeah, actually I, I did already one one I remember 10 years ago I, I needed new uh, new shoes and actually that's a small challenge for the for the uh, uh, plate umpire that uh, I don't want to wear the same shoes than the players does I, I will hurt myself with those but uh, I ordered from United States new new shoes and they didn't come on time I was so angry last time and so I bought yesterday new shoes <laughs> so, so <laughs> I learned from that <laughs> but but uh, then again uh, uh, probably uh, we will uh, discuss with the crew in teams a uh, few days before because we, we are not in the in the in the game in with our regular crew 
and I haven't uh, whistled with Antti, the main umpire, for, for some time now. We didn't have any, even any practice games, so we need to uh, discuss some, some details, but uh, but not too much. It's uh, uh, Too much is always too much, so you can you can mess your game with, with uh, preparing it or going to very small details, because it's the player's game. We cannot decide everything inside it, so, but practically that's probably it. One, one more meeting, but when the day comes, it will be two hours before the game. We, we need to be there on the field. And there's, well, yeah, we are prepared for lots of media, lots of uh, challenges where the audience will be and so on. So the energy goes uh, practically on that day. We hear the details in the field. Uh, so uh, there's no kind of no use to make very much special arrangements or, or mindsets go with the flow more or less you you talked a little earlier about the headsets obviously did a little bit of research and i and i saw that you were trialing out some headsets some like walkie talkie system um some years ago um obviously you you're you're really uh, into trying to introduce a lot more uh, technology, trying to sharpen up the game, the decisions, make it fair, etc. Where do you think um, technology lies in Pespalo at the moment? And do you think that there's room for improvement? Uh, well, uh, probably it's, uh, it's a matter of money. Of, of course, those uh, all the systems, they are very expensive. And uh, when there's some kind of system anywhere, it needs to be everywhere. So let's say if you want to check something from video, video checks, it needs to be fair and in every field. You cannot take it into four fields. So uh, probably that's the thing. But uh, uh, yeah, we we uh, we tried the headsets, and there's uh, uh, this year we we didn't we will we will, but we in our crew we wanted to start the season with, without them. So not to forget the reality if we lose them someday. Uh, but uh, yeah, there are several crews which, which use them on a day-to-day basis. But uh, I think we are now some kind of uh, uh, on on hold situation because of Corona and stuff. stuff. But uh, I think it w- we will see more technology, let's say, in inside 10 years. Because people, uh, what I think personally, uh, people want to uh, uh, have more with the money if, if they pay the expensive ticket. If I understood correctly, people are okay with the uh, 15 euros, maybe maybe 20 euros, but they need to get more. And that's one, one thing is to understand what happens in the field. And uh, I'm a, a very passionate uh, guy who I like to study from other uh, sport of officials and rules and practically a hundred years ago in baseball, this was the same problem back then. People wanted to see the game, but they didn't uh, quite understand what happened on the field. And then came the umpire signals and and uh, uh, voices and announcements and that sort of stuff. And uh, it, it's very interesting process in, in baseball. And I, I just saw and uh, the similarities in the nowadays that uh, if you get what I mean. So... Probably in, in 10 years, we, we will see some more. And now you have, like like I said, you're a seasoned pro now. You have been in Super Pesis for several seasons. Now you have an Italian selection coming up. Uh, what are your goals as an umpire in the future? 
do do you have any in the like you have achieved already a lot there's actually one thing missing yeah the, i i have never been in the men men final as a in men final game in uh, uh, as a plate umpire uh, not even a base umpire actually actually that's uh, one of the big goals that uh, you whistle the last official game of the season <laughs> we did it once actually actually it was funny funny story we we always say that in the beginning in the training when the uh, supervisors ask our goal that we always say that the whistle the last official game of the season and uh, we were driving actually the bronze game into Joensu and <laughs> damn Wimbley won the the championship on our way to the, to Joensu and okay we whistled the last official game <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, that, that's the thing actually. Yeah, yeah, being in the finals, it's it's a long way. There's lots of thing things uh, what needs to go okay. It's, it's not about me. It's the whole crew who needs to be being uh, in a very very sharp for the whole season and the playoffs. So, uh, but yeah, well, I'll look forward to that. Maybe this year, maybe next year. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see. I mean. Uh... You you don't have to answer this one if you don't want to, but <laughs> I'm one thing that I am curious about because I, as a coach, as a former player, as somebody who uh, watches the games and uh, talks with the players, and and I'm a fan of such players like like the mentioned Radian and brothers who were as players they were they were very good like. Uh, in helping their team as players in like getting different kinds of uh, bad pitches, like picking them out, technical bad pitches and all. Uh, what do you think about the general level of the teams nowadays? Are they are they good in their like they so-called job in the in the home home base? Uh, do you think that they do they get a good level in 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 that. I'm running out of battery in my laptop now. That's all. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, but uh, let's say that uh, uh, they're they're okay. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not bad. I, I would say some some teams are of course better than the others, but there's no bad team bad team there. Uh, but uh, what I would like to point out, it's an important question that. Uh, uh, the the best teams uh, whose success they understand that the nowadays 2020 uh, you you cooperate with the umpiring crew if you do the 90 stuff you play against the uh, umpiring crew you you lose you, you kind of lo lose the the grip of the game so uh, that that has gone better I, I've seen many many. Uh, uh, teams changing their point of view. Of course, people change, coaches change, and uh, and players. But but yeah, the best teams they they cooperate, not play against you. And so that gives uh, some space to to umpire. If if I make a mistake or a few mistakes, uh, it happens very rapidly in the game. They they give kind of the time for me to to. Get get myself together again and get get back to the game and and hold hold my level level again and not they're not trying to ruin my rest of the game if you get get what I mean but yeah. the, the very good teams understand that. 
Well, yes, thank you very much for joining us uh, for this podcast. It's been very interesting uh, to interview you, and I wish you all the best of luck uh, for the Italanzi game, and indeed for the rest of the season and beyond as well. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. So that'll just about do it for this uh, episode of the podcast. I want to say a very special thank you uh, to my co-hosts who uh, are sharing the screen. It's still weird. Uh, to me, to see them both there, sat there. Um, but uh, thank you, uh, Ron Bronson. Good to see you, buddy. Next time it'll be you. And Mikko Pirhonen. Thanks. It was a blast. It's, yeah, this is, this is great. And that just leaves me, your host, uh, Ian Alba. Uh, thank you very much for listening. If you like what you hear, then please like or subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at superpesisr. We're also on Facebook and even Instagram, posting daft little pictures every now and then. Um, and also, there are posts on our blog. That's superpessisroundup.blogspot.com. And occasionally, you'll see me posting uh, articles on Portolina website as well. But until next time, we'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs>